0: You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. All right, our first question this morning is going to be one that was asked uh, a number of weeks ago and one that we didn't get to last week that I was hoping to. And the question is, why, why are there so many different kinds of Baptist churches and the addendum to that is, what is what, what's the difference between the Baptist churches and are those differences important, all right? And so what I want to do is, is kind of step back from that a little bit, because when we look at Christianity as a whole, then we notice that there are many, many, many different denominations. And then within those denominations, there seems to be different groups where, like, Baptists aren't just Baptists, but you have different types of Baptists. And so why is it that we have so many of these things. And I think we can really quickly go to the word of God and we can see in 1 Corinthians 1.12 where Paul is dealing with a part of this problem beginning. In the church of Corinth, he says, now I say this, each one of you says, I am of Paul or I am of Apollos or I am of Cephas or I am of Christ. And so there you already have this idea that while some people followed Paul and some people Apollos and some people Peter and some people not, I don't need one of those men. I just follow Jesus alone. And, and so you've got kind of the church segregating already. And I say that just as we get into this, because I think it's important to understand that the nature of mankind is to group together and then to believe that what, we, what we've decided as this group is right, is correct. And we're much more comfortable being in an echo chamber where we are hearing other people's voices that are exactly the same as ours over and over again, than we are in being in a room with differences of opinions. Okay, There are some of you, the idea of any conflict is loathsome. It's terrifying. You avoid conflict at all risks. Okay, some people love conflict, and they kind of find themselves then in a group that just likes to fight all the time. Um, but... We do have that as a part of our human nature. So anytime we address this question, I think we just got to go back to, first of all, human nature. We like to be, to segregate. We like to separate, be separate with people that are similar to us. And then we like to believe that we're always the best, the right, the most right. Um, But I think then we also need to understand that um, there are some, some reasonable differences for denominations. And so in saying that part of it's sinful human nature... I don't want you to hear me say, I think denominationalism is completely bad and we should do away with it. Okay, I think that there are a lot of reasons that having denominations is important. And so the question is specifically about Baptist churches. I'll give you a little bit of a background about what's going on within the Baptist church in Canada. Um, in Canada, we have 636,000 Canadians that call themselves Baptist of one stripe or another. Uh, there are two formal fellowships um, that I'm aware of in Ontario. I know that there are more across Canada, but two that I'm aware of in Ontario. Uh, the Fellowship Baptist Church, or FEB, Fellowship of Evangelical Baptists, and that is comprised of 500, sorry, 71,000 members of those churches and 503 churches. And so if you've ever heard of a FEB church or a Fellowship Baptist church, that's that group. And then there's also the CBOQ or the Canadian Baptists of Ontario and Quebec, and that has uh, 330 churches and about 28,000 members. Okay, so that's just to say that, like, when when we look at the membership of the churches, it's a much smaller number than the number of people in general that call themselves a Baptist. Um, being a member of a church there's a lot more people who who would call themselves a Baptist of some stripe than who are actually members of those churches. Now, there are also independent Baptist churches or independent fundamental Baptist churches or IFB churches for short. And that's what this church is. We are an independent Baptist church. Because we're independent, we don't actually belong to some kind of fellowship. Now, you might be asking, okay, well, what does it mean to belong to a fellowship? What does it mean to belong to one of these groups? Well, maybe, again, backing up will be helpful. If we were to categorize the churches as a whole, I think you could have one type of, of denomination where you have um, one, like, level one authority. So there's one primary authority, and all of the churches in that denomination answer directly to that one authority. Okay? Can anybody think of a, a church that might be like this, a denomination that might be, built like this where there's one main authority and then all the other churches answer directly to that authority they are owned by and completely under and under the authority of, pardon catholic church okay that's that's exactly right the catholic church is built like that Um, when i was thinking about this i was thinking about like something like walmart okay you've got like lots of different walmart stores but they're all owned by walmart corporate and they decide everything that happens within those stores Level two would be churches that belong to an organization. Um, And so this is, again, the churches are owned by the organization. They are churches as individuals, but they still answer to, ultimately. So they might have, it's not so much thought of as like, hey, one authority and this authority is supposed to tell us what to do. It's more like we have to, to do what we're supposed to do as the type of church that we are but they still have the authority to correct and to change and to move pastors and to, to own the buildings and that type of thing, okay? I would, there's, there's a few that would fall. There's some of the reformed churches that would fall under this. Uh, I think the Alliance Church is built a little bit like that. Um, and so then we've got level three, which would be churches who have a membership in an organization. And so this is, think of this as differently, okay? If you belong to Costco, it doesn't mean that Costco owns you. It means that you have a membership at Costco. You belong there, but really it's because you've chosen to belong there. And so this idea of having a membership um, is its more the church decides to voluntarily be a part of this organization uh, and can leave that organization at any point with very minimal uh, cost. With. So the, the organization itself is not necessarily the highest authority in the church because the, the church has the ability to leave the organization when they choose to. So, Fellowship Baptists and um, the CBOQ, the Canadian Baptist of Ontario and Quebec, they fall within this category where all the churches that are a part of those organizations have chosen to be a part of that fellowship the, the, willingly. And they've done this for a number of of in many cases, really good reasons. They do this because it provides some oversight in the church. They do this because if you have a missionary that goes out, um, you already have a lot of different churches that they already know they're on the same page. They've already kind of believed a lot of the same things. And so they can be sent out to all those churches and then go without having to, to explain who you are and everything you believe to every church you go to because you might be different. Yes, but but individual churches still maintain autonomy. okay Now this is, that's where it gets a little bit dicey because anytime you have uh, two different power authorities working, then there, they seem to be always vying for more authority. Um, but it, it means that if a fellowship Baptist Church, did no longer want it to be the church would have to vote but if fellowship Baptist Church wanted to leave the fellowship they would be able to do that and still maintain their building and their land and all of those types of things okay now they do rely on the larger organization for uh, support and for guidance and for materials and and so it's not as if the larger organization isn't affecting and impacting. the other thing is, um, when you put a name on your your church, like you're a part of the fellowship, then you've aligned yourself with the fellowship beliefs, whether you like it or not. So that might be a really good thing because it might mean that when people come to your city and they're looking for a church, they already belong to a fellowship church. Then that's the one that they want to go to because that's the church that they're comfortable with. They already know what you believe, basically. But it could be a bad thing if the fellowship starts to go in a direction that you're not comfortable with. Then all of a sudden you find yourself as a fellowship church, but not aligning with the fellowship beliefs. And so that you don't want that name attached to your, your building, your church. So it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. It can provide great oversight, and sometimes it provides power struggles. Um, I asked one pastor who was part of a fellowship uh, what he thought the the biggest benefit that he received from being a part of the fellowship was, and he said health benefits. So I thought, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, it does allow you to to have a large group of people who can apply to get to get health benefits together, and so you save some money, I guess. Um, uh, these churches do pay some kind of fee to the fellowship to be a part of it. all right? The last one is um, is like our church, it's independence. And this is a church that has authority within this local church. There's no organization above us or that we are formally connected to that has any kind of oversight. Um, And so the the idea of this church is that we answer directly to God and we do what we think the Bible teaches us to do as a church. That doesn't mean that we don't have some informal relationships with other churches. There are groups of of independent Baptist churches that believe similar things and, and we have fellowship and friendship with them. Um, but it's not a formalized set, set up in any way. All right? Yes. Convention convention would be similar to, to fellowship. They're just a little bit different. So if I was like, um, the CBOQ would be the convention Baptist, right? And so um, of the two, I would think that our church would align closer with fellowship Baptists, uh, Convention Baptists, are currently uh, in a debate among themselves, and there's a group of them that are uh, much more liberal in their thinking, um, especially when it comes to some moral issues. And, and so some of the things we've talked about, um, uh, the issue of homosexuality, and we haven't talked about this, but uh, complementarianism and egalitarianism and, and women in ministry, those kind of things. That's the, the Convention Baptists right now are in kind of a struggle, internal struggle, Where they land on those things, it seems like they're going, they're trending more liberal. But that's actually a good question because part of what that does is it it might show us how some of these groups are formed. Okay? So let's say here, this is from here to here, these are the set of beliefs within the convention Baptist churches. Okay? But you have some people who think they should be more over here, and some people that think we should be more over here, and some people that are right kind of in the middle and really comfortable. Well, once, once one of these voices gets loud, then a struggle begins. And so then you start having people pulling this way and pulling this way and pulling this way. And at some point, that might fracture. And so you've got this, this group that fits into a very wide wide set of beliefs, maybe, that, that you'd find within those churches. And, but because we're being pulled in both directions, you're actually almost stretching both ends and ultimately, when you break, you end up with a group that sits over here and maybe, maybe is here, and then another one that sits right here and is, is here. And so now you've got, I don't wanna all these churches saying, I don't wanna be a part of the convention anymore, the fellowship anymore. I'm gonna go make my own fellowship. Do you wanna join me? And so they find all the churches that are similar to them and they create this new group. And so that's that's what happens sometimes. With the Independent Baptist Church, we were a part of fellowships. Um, a long time ago. And as, as the fellowship was going more liberal, a, a number of churches said, We don't want to be in that fellowship anymore. We don't want to be aligned with these beliefs and with the direction that it's heading. So we're, rather than creating our own fellowship, we're, we're going to become independent. And that's where the independent Baptist churches kind of started. Yes. Right. Good question. So the question is where does the ordination come from? And uh, it is usually practiced within the churches. Um so, Pastor, who ordained you? Pastor Thompson. Pastor Thompson. So so it was his pastor growing up. He grew up in that local church. He would have been trained in that local church. And then as he went out for ministry, then he would have had Pastor Thompson um, ordain him and commission him and send him out along with the church he was a part of. Uh, For myself, about 10 years ago, we had the elders of this church, and then I asked uh, a number of other pastors who had been influential in my life in the past. Uh, my old pastor that I was saved in that church and grew up, and a few others, and had, I think it was 10 men, uh, and, and they did the whole, like, grilling me in a room with all these questions. Mr. Manning made that really difficult, because he asked, like, he brought up some issues that, that he knew I didn't align with the people that I had invited, um, just to make it more fun. I don't know why he did that, but um, so, so we did that, and then we had an ordination service um, after that. Good question. Okay. So, does that give you some information about about how churches start? So, then we we come to the question, um, do these differences matter? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And it's difficult because, first of all, we recognize that there are some essential doctrines that we can't ever fudge on, right? We can't ever give any ground in areas that pertain to, like, eternal salvation and the deity of Christ and... The virgin birth and like you know, the, the sufficiency and, and the inerrancy of scripture. We don't want to ever give ground in these areas. But then there are some like secondary and tertiary doctrines that we we recognize as not being essential, certainly not essential for salvation, but they still are very important in our practical daily lives and our practical worship. And so there's a lot of Christians that I would say, you believe the Bible, I believe the Bible, you love the gospel, I love the gospel, we don't agree on the issue of, of, let's say, women in ministry. Well, I mean, that's not an essential doctrine. right? It's not essential for salvation that you know what you believe. That we believe the same thing. It's not like I'm not going to heaven because I believe the wrong thing or that you're not going to heaven, right? But it does have very practical ramifications on how the daily life of the church is lived out. If you believe that women should should maintain the office of a pastor and should be able to preach, then it's going to be difficult for you to attend a church that doesn't believe that. Because you're going to always feel like that church is holding women down and you're not getting the teaching from women that you would like to see on a Sunday morning. Um, where if you believe that women... God has ordained different positions and different roles for men and women. If you're a complementarian rather than an egalitarian, then if you go to a church and the first Sunday a woman comes up and preaches, then you're going to struggle because you already think that what the Bible teaches is against what this church is practicing, right? And so that's the non-essential, but it's important. And you've got lots of other issues that will separate people. Um, how you view the gifts of the Spirit... Uh, is, a, is a big one. People will often choose a church where they have the exact same view of how the Spirit works today. And we'll, get, we'll be actually getting into that in just a few moments um, with our next question. Um, dress codes can have an impact on whether you are okay with the church or not. Bible translations, um, views on certain moral issues like drinking or abortion or homosexuality, you, a lot of times, going to a church, if they have a different view on a, a huge issue that's very important to you, it makes it difficult to attend that church. And, and sometimes people go to different churches because of just a ministry focus. Like, they believe that the church's greatest calling is to evangelize the world with the gospel. And if a church, is, if a church feels like their greatest calling is to make disciples and to educate and to train up Christians then it becomes difficult for them to go there because they're not doing what they want them to do all the time. Now, I would argue that that's that's actually where all of our different gifts come in. And so being a part of a diverse church with people who love discipleship and education and others who love evangelism and outreach, that they should be getting together and being a part of the same church. And And I think that in some of these areas, we separate and we shouldn't. Right. Sometimes you, you go to a church that's exactly like you. When what would be most helpful for you is would be to attend a church that was actually pushing you to, to do more of something you're not doing right now, bringing your gifts to that group so that they can see how God can use that area as well. Okay. But there's a lot of people. A lot of people choose a church based on style of worship and style of service. Right. I don't know if that's the best thing. I, I think that. So when I've looked at when I look at denominationalism today in Christianity today. I gotta tell you that the name of the church today matters less than it used to. The denomination the church belongs to today matters less than it used to. But that church's position on the word of God and their focus, their emphasis on the gospel, that's what to me is most important. And so if if you find a church, if you have a friend who believes that the Bible is the Word of God, then you've got a starting point for any conversation. Right? Even if you see differently, at least you are working from the same authority. And if you have a friend who loves the gospel and believes the gospel the way that you do, then you can really get along with that person. Okay? That maybe doesn't mean it's best for you to go to a church that does everything else differently than you, but it's still, I find like you can have really wonderful friends in ministry and in life um, who are. Very solid on those things and maybe different on some of the issues, Not that, that's okay. Dan? That's a good question. So, Dan's question is if, if our church was not independent, would it be more difficult to bring in people from different denominations? Because the truth is, when, when I look at, at our church, I love the fact that some of you are from a Reform background, and some of you are from an alliance, and so a lot of you are from a Mennonite background, and a lot of, are from a Catholic background, and some more Pentecostal background. And I, I think that, like, People who love the Word of God and the Gospel feel comfortable here, and then it's, it's usually a few months down the road that you start realizing, like, yeah, but, you, but like, you don't do this, and this is what I'm used to. It's like, yeah, that's true, we don't. But you didn't really notice that right away. What you noticed right away was you just love the Bible, right? Right? And you teach the Bible. And so I think you're right, Dan. I think that it's, there's a good chance that if we had aligned ourselves, if we were aligned with the denomination and people already had preconceived ideas, they probably wouldn't even think about attending in the first place, okay? I could be wrong on that, though. And there's probably some people who won't attend a, an independent church because they prefer something with a name on it because it's, got an, it's more organized. It's got a, a, a authority structure that we don't. Right. Just so you know, the authority structure in our church is we have, we have elders, four elders, um, and that's that spiritually leadership of the church. And then we have 10 deacons now. We used to have four. We now have 10. And those 10 deacons are there to um, support the church um, physically, to take care of physical needs, to allow the pastors, the elders of the church, to focus on the spiritual needs of the church. But we also use those 10 men because we know they're godly wise men we would use them for like guidance and counsel along the way so if there's a big issue we'd call everybody together and say hey give us some your, some of your thoughts on what's going on here and what so that, that's how our church runs that's the authority structure it's pretty simple thank you for listening if you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of maple city please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com